All right, so welcome to another episode of the Testing Peers podcast. Tonight we're going to be speaking about experience. My name's Chris, and tonight joining me, I've got the usual crew Simon Pryor. Hello. Russell Craxford. Hello. David Maynard. Hello. And we've already introduced myself, so I won't do that again. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Saffron QA. Saffron QA are specialists in testing recruitment, and they provide a range of bespoke recruitment services to organisations across the UK. For further details about Saffron QA, please see the show notes or visit saffronqa.co.uk. Now, David, what have you got for us? So today's episode, we're going to talk about experience. And I just wondered if at any time, or can we give examples of when we've considered ourselves to have experience in a particular thing, that might be DIY or some other aspect. And we then realised halfway through the task that actually we weren't actually cut out for this and actually there might well be a mistake. So any ideas? I was going to make a joke about my time at university. <laughs> well, this this feeds into the imposter syndrome. I know that it does a little bit. There was a lot of that stuff. I just found myself doing stuff I didn't think I should do and thinking, oh dear, there's no future in this. And, and <laughs> that's that's a much grander scheme scale for these things. But I found myself studying history because I thought it was I was right at it at school. And then I kind of went, there is not a job I want to do that comes with this degree. I don't know why I want to finish this. And I, you know, I didn't. So... I didn't deal with it in a very mature way, but that's kind of, it's bigger than just a DIY task, but it was monumental realisation of a mistake decision-wise. I would say for me, other than DIY, which I'll put my hand to it, but I know I'm not very good at soon as I, so there's no experience. It's all learning from failure, I guess. But the one that sticks out is whenever there's any IT problems in the house or in the family, I go in confident going, oh yeah, I can fix that. And then I'm sitting there two hours later, scrolling through random articles on Google to try and work out why the printer's only printing in black and white when it's saying it's configured to color and and all that kind of stuff. So maybe my expertise is being able to Google the right thing after about two and a half hours of working through the settings, but I go in all confident and then inevitably get frustrated because it's taken me longer than I thought it would. My one is probably more DIY related or kind of of that ilk. So I remember changing a bolt on a water pump in a car and shearing the bolt off and then thinking, I can get this bolt out. I can, this can't be that hard. And spending approximately three months uh, every weekend trying to get that out, taking the engine out of the car, heating it, using screws, trying to do everything possible to get this part of a bolt out of this engine block, moving all the parts out and all the rest of it, and then eventually giving up after lots of effort and take it to a garage. And they did it in a day. Yeah, m- mine is a bit DIY related as well, and it's manifests itself as to why I don't do plumbing anymore. So basically, I was just changing the ball cock in the tank in the loft, and I, a bit like you, Russell, like, it was plastic, and so therefore I was using the sort of wrong tool to tighten it up and just sheared off the end, and so therefore there was just water spraying absolutely everywhere in the loft. Yeah, had to end up switching off all the water and limiting the amount of showers and baths that people could have for a couple of days until I managed to get it sorted. Did you fix it yourself? I did, yeah. And then I then went to Screwfix. Uh, other suppliers are available, but yes, managed to get another one. I cycled in. I remember having it in my backpack, cycling home with my ball cock in, in my rucksack. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then fixing it. There's a snippet to uh, put out uh, um, on social media before this episode goes out. Cool. Moving on from experience or lack of experience, then to how we work with people with more or less experience 
usually more experienced than ourselves and how we manage people in those sort of positions. So where do we want to go with this particular podcast? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because we talked a lot about experience in job posts and saying how relevant really is X number of years and things like that. But I think there is probably a bias that, that lends itself towards those things or the things I've seen or, you know, I was doing this. There was a post on Twitter today where people were saying how many days it's been since they started their career as a tester. And, and you think, does that make you better than somebody or not? I would argue very strongly not. I can recall a moment when I was working in the games industry when somebody walked into my office, sat down, looked around and said, I've been a tester longer than all of you. He was very proud and I consequently told him that he hadn't been and he left. What was the point in that? Why was he proud in that experience? What did that really mean? He was not senior to any of us. He wasn't better than he was. But for some reason, he had that kind of sense of having more time served made him better. Do we actually think time served makes you better? And if it makes you better, does that mean you should be senior to other people? Have, do, we, do we have experience with people like that? Yeah, I've had similar experience with that where just because you've been in a job for longer, it gives you more seniority, that gives you more clout, gives you more reason to, to make a decision on stuff, even though job-wise you're on the same grade as the next person. I struggle with people claiming they've got X amount of years experience in these scenarios because I think it's all about how you've applied yourself in those years and what skills you've actually learned and what not using the term transferable skills, that's the wrong word, but you've learned skills to enough that you are experienced in those tools and those technologies to be able to apply them and use them effectively. That could be someone that's learned something in six months and become an expert because they've literally, that's all they've done compared to someone who's learned it slowly over three years. They could be at the same level of competency. So it's always been a frustration of mine that people see news experience as a more senior thing or I'm just earning of a pay rise because I've worked here for five years. Well, actually, what have you done in those five years that warrants being given that next push up to another grade? I agree. I, th- I think we mentioned this a bit in this job description episode as well, is that people do think that just because they've served their time, there's an entitlement to move up a level. But actually, it's recognition of the progression in their job rather than just time served, because they could be just doing their standard job and not actually increasing their knowledge or even their expertise in the field that they're actually in. And so just being there, coming in day in, day out is fantastic for the company, but actually it's not good for their progression and therefore they're not actually learning much and progressing in their career. So therefore it can be difficult for them to progress in that particular thing. So I personally don't think that just longevity doesn't necessarily give them more experience. To me, it's a good example of the sort of phrase of correlation does imply causation. A lot of people with experience will have a lot more knowledge and other things like that. Just because you've got more experience doesn't mean you have more knowledge or information. It doesn't mean you've seen it, doesn't know you're any better at it. The fact that it can do doesn't mean it automatically does. And I think seniority is one of those classic ones. Like I may be less experienced in doing some testing using queuing systems. But that doesn't automatically make me less senior than someone who's been doing it for a year because I've got other knowledge and information that can feed into that to help. There isn't a simple answer to a lot of these questions like we like to do. Context is critical. Some experience is often better than none, but then 10 years versus some, doesn't. It, was that 10 years on the right thing? Was it on technology that is Netscape? How relevant is it to the current situation? Um, and so on. So there's lots of different things and factors that come into play for it. It's interesting we have to deal with those sort of people. And sometimes it's behaviours of people that we're actually more referring to when we're talking about these things. 
It is, and you can get this, I think, also. There's kind of like perceptions of what you see. You might see someone new coming in who doesn't have experience in your industry, or maybe someone's got a promotion and you don't understand how they got promoted over you. You're like, well, they don't know as much. They don't do as much. Like, there's a lot of, it's perception. It's it's how easy we can see someone as inverted commas qualified for the role. And there's, there's a whole world of things that we aren't going to necessarily have seen if we haven't been involved in the process of doing it. But if you were in the process of promoting people that perhaps other people might see as that being controversial or upsetting, like have we, have we had that sort of situation where there might've been a case where we have had to prepare ourselves for justifying the case for, for that sort of thing to take place? Justifying for ourselves or justifying for someone in our teams to get that? It could be justifying the reasons for other people to be promoted over other people, even though there might have been experience or or perhaps because you knew that there might be a perception like the optics of this person hasn't been here so long or they're younger or or there's there's various reasons why people get upset sometimes when that sort of thing happens. Certainly had examples where I brought people in to my team and they've excelled from day one and they've surpassed some of the skill sets and some of the knowledge and the abilities and, and things have moved forward. And then when it's come around to a year later and we're looking at promotion rounds and whatever else, I have had to then justify, well, actually, this person, they may be new to the company, but they've brought more to the company in the one year that someone who's experienced has been here six years doing the same thing day in, day out has done. And that has caused upset. And it's then management, even when you've gone to justify it, gone, are you sure? Because you know how this person's going to react. And I was like, but what am I supposed to do? (laughs) I've got someone who's excelling, that is good at their job, possibly better at their job than the other person. But because they've been here six years, the perception is, oh, well, they just need to be given the promotion. So yeah, and and it's... It's often not the team that you have the problems with. It's it's other people within the company that look from the outside in and think, oh, well, he's more experienced. Obviously, he's been here longer. He knows the business inside out. And there is that thing for even if you are doing the same day, same job day in, day out, not really excelling yourself, not really pushing yourself, you still still do get that business domain knowledge from doing what you're doing. And that's crucial as much as the skill set for testing and, ad- and advancing the testing. But it's it's getting the balance right and working out who's going to move the team forward in that role. And that's sometimes the difficult thing to try and articulate. I think the thing with promotion is that as long as it's obvious the reasons why, if someone is absolutely excelling, then actually they're selling themselves up for promotion. And as long as you live by your own values and you're promoting for the right reasons, then actually you you are completely justified in your decisions because your qualification is the person actually doing the job. And actually the argument of, oh, well, so-and-so will be upset. Well, they have had every chance potentially of being proactive, of pushing themselves forward. We are probably as managers have supported all of our group equally to give them equal chances. And so therefore the people that take the chances should be up for promotion more than the people that choose not to and that that can go for different ways you know they might choose not to push themselves forward for personal reasons you know family reasons or whatever and that's acceptable but they need to understand there is a there's a consequence to not actually pushing themselves at that particular time have you ever had an occasion where you've been one of the people that's felt hard done by or there's been something that's happened and you are feeling 
like you're rejecting the situation you can't understand the situation have you do you know, have you ever been in that kind of time in your career yes I've had two times where I put myself forward for promotion well I've had I had to go through an interview process it was yeah it was a new job I think internally and I got turned down and and they didn't give a suitable answer and they promoted someone who is cheaper the age old story so therefore I felt a bit hard done by because they got promoted over me and so then I just left because I thought they don't value me and they don't value what I've got. And I had other colleagues who were a bit concerned as to why I hadn't been chosen. So yeah, so I just just left the company. I had a similar situation and similar to David, although I didn't leave, I then sat on the blister and grumbled for a few months before I uh, started to pick myself up again. It was that thing of, it was. I think it was just for going for a, a more senior tester role at the time I thought I was doing everything right I was from what I could see I was doing a good job of my projects and someone else got the role there wasn't ever a phase of putting myself forward for it it was just the manager was making a decision on who was going to take that role we all knew it was happening and and I thought I was perfectly placed and I challenged it with my manager afterwards as to why why he chose it and it felt like there was almost favoritism towards that person it wasn't necessarily because he was any better than me at the job it was because you know the manager had a better rapport with him and that taught me that it's as much about managing up your career is as much about managing up and managing expectations from upwards not just about your team underneath you so yeah it was it was a tough pill to swallow but after a couple of months of grumbling or however long it was I I then started just to push myself again and that's when I I think that was around the time that I started getting involved in the community as well. I've worked where I had a, a team lead put in ahead of me I didn't know this thing was happening but they came in and and I felt kind of betrayed, maybe if it's the right word, where you kind of sat there. Why why wasn't I considered? What didn't I do? Why wasn't my work as visible as theirs? Like who's who's this person that you know someone someone that's that's newer here? Why have they done that? I did do the sitting down and grumbling. Um, I was very good at being sort of passive aggressive at the time um, because I did I didn't know how to deal with these things. I didn't work in a place where I had one to ones with my manager. So the ability to air my grievances went through my team lead, but my team lead was that person. What was I supposed to do? I can't rock up in a <laughs> go up to their desk and go, "Hey, you shouldn't be my boss." Thanks. And it didn't work. I mean, it was a project cycle thing, so you just sort of you wrote out the project and then moved on to a different one. But for that period of time, I think quite immaturely, I was a bit passive aggressive. I did my job but I didn't do my job for the benefit of my team. I did it for the benefit of stuff externally so other people could see that I could do my job, which I I don't think was a very mature way of dealing with things, but I didn't know any better at that point. I think it's important with experience is to have sort of self-reflection and recognising ourselves, the, the sort of persona that we're doing, and have a realistic understanding of what we are capable of and what what we're achieving in our actual company. Now, hopefully in that scenario that I said where I got overlooked, I, I didn't have that communication with the managers or whatever. So I didn't know what they were looking for. I, a bit like Simon, had an expectation that I was the right person for the job. And actually looking back, I probably wasn't, you know, at that particular time, maybe. But having that self-reflection, I think as I've got older, I recognise that now. And actually everything I do is for for the right reasons for me, but also I am recognizing my own my own limitations, but also my experience. And I I also think that with experience, we have people in our groups who do have domain knowledge that we are not 
strongest with we don't know we can't know everything and so therefore in that respect in this sort of leadership role i would say we're more i'm more definitely more of a coach you know i'm using my experience of having managed people in my scenarios to support the difficulties or the suggestions that other people are going through so we know might not have direct knowledge of their experiences but we can use similar experiences in order to help those individuals. I think you're right there. I think um, uh, I'm definitely in a situation now where there's people in my team that know uh, a lot more about the technical side and and the details of the systems than I could ever wish to to understand. So you're right. Your role then becomes much more of the soft skills, much, much less of the technical direction and more of a nudging them in the right direction based on what they believe is the right direction, but with your encouragement almost. Just helping them think things through in more detail and making sure they're thinking through the right plan by being that person that questions things and challenges some of their thought processes, but ultimately make it feel like they're getting to the decision and they're making the call, but with your backing. There is a a thing about experience from this, of course, in that we've talked about in a previous episode about learning from things. And if we just plain sailed through stuff, if we'd had it easy, if we'd just been comfortable and not really felt challenged, then in these instances, maybe we wouldn't have been spurred on to do other things. Maybe we wouldn't have that compassion, that empathy for other people in those situations. And maybe maybe wouldn't have explored other reasons and things that led to those things happening. And I think for the most part, when we've had knockbacks, I think we've, we've learned stuff and that's probably helped us drive forwards to do better and hopefully be better, better communicators, more compassionate, more empathetic, more self-aware, all those things that I think are important leadership attributes, regardless of whether you're a leader in your organization or not. And sometimes it's more important to feel comfortable that you're in the right situation yourself than others. But I was thinking, in those situations where we've been the ones in charge of people with more experience than us, how have we dealt with that? I'm going to say I believe that pretty much I've always managed people with more experience than me in something. That's kind of my mentality to all this, that I know that I know a finite amount of information that others can contribute to it. So I go into it with that knowledge. So, you know, they've got more experience. Great. That's that's useful. That can help me as a leader. They can help me make decisions. They can input um, and I go in with that mentality. And as, if you're kind of an ally, if you're working with people, it's not a challenge. If you start overriding and overruling people with more experience, when they think they've got more experience than you, that's where you start generally rocking apple carts and causing things. And you, I kind of often say, look, I've got opinion on everything, but you've got knowledge and experience I don't have. So tell me I'm wrong, please. And it's easy for me to say that, harder to get a culture where people are willing to do that. But I try and create that culture because it's a culture which accepts the fact that everyone can have an opinion, but one that actually different backgrounds, and to use Chris's favourite expression, context, helps actually drive to a better conclusion. And there isn't one answer that fits most situations in testing. If you put five testers in a room and ask them to test, they'll test different things based on experience, based on skills, based on knowledge. So accepting the fact that we're all different and building a culture actually that values input from experience and juniors helps deal with the situation where you have got more experienced people you have to manage and that you're using their knowledge to help nurture the people beneath you and yourself. And if you're all open-minded 
it can help. But if you've got people that use it as a, a truncheon to kind of hit you down with, I've been doing it 10 years, that's not the right culture. And it comes back down to those behaviors of those people. You can nurture those right behaviors. Experience is something that aids rather than causes problems. It's not something to fear, it's something to embrace. I think my experience here is, you know, especially going into a new role, especially going in as an, to a manager, to a new company, where there's a team of people underneath you that know the system inside out. If they have, you know, they, they obviously have more experience in that domain. You're, you've been brought in with potentially the right experience as managing the team, but I use that as an opportunity to get them to teach me. Let them share their knowledge with you and build up your knowledge and give them the confidence that, they're able to help you on your journey and getting started. And then that helps helps you bond as a team and then helps you can then know when you need to pick one of those people to to use their knowledge to, to solve a problem. But it, use it as a learning exercise, as a way of exploring the team and, and getting to know them properly is, is, is a great way to, to, to really help bond as a group. I think there are a couple of things there. I completely agree with Russell. I think that what needs to happen within any team from a leader's point of view you know a mutual admiration society we can admire people's experience and stuff and also show respect to each other we need to be respectful of what experiences other people have got and take our information from those people i also think it's quite important to be humble in that you don't have to be an expert in everything you know you don't have to have complete experience and actually showing that you're have less experience in particular areas can certainly help you the situation because if you try and bluff your way through it you'll very quickly be found out and then that respect will be broken yeah i like i like the um the approach of, of humility when you come into those those situations i i don't think i respond well to arrogance and people making those assumptions of being better than other people i think that makes a bad impression i i do know people that think humility is a weakness and not a sign of strong leadership, but in those sorts of organizations is not where I want to be, frankly, because I think the best organizations are ones where the leaders set an example by being humble, by doing the things that they say they do, by not acting like as if they're above other people. Um, And that doesn't have anything to do with years served or knowing more than other people. That's just leadership by example it's respect it's credible it's humble it's just a better way to be a person and i'd much rather that was the case regardless of experience you like to trust people you like to see the good in people that's kind of where i like to lead with those things i've mentioned that i've been passive aggressive i've rejected certain things i've not enjoyed things but i don't think i've done it in a disrespectful way when maybe i felt put out and i think there's a way to deal with that that's better than the way that we might have done in the past. I mean, how do you deal with those situations where you feel put out? Like we talked about, if you were going to do that today, knowing what you know now with your experience that you have now, would you do what you did then differently? I think I might have challenged more before the decision was made to find out more about the criteria and et cetera for those decisions and try to understand, you know, what are we being measured against, et cetera, et cetera, with the, the job role, me not getting it kind of thing. Um, and then also probably been less grumpy afterwards and tried to be more reflective on it and use it as a learning opportunity to find out what were the reasons why the other person got it over me and then build my skill set to the appropriate levels to, to, to try and make sure that I'm not missed out on next time. 
Yeah, I, I think the communication is the main thing. We need to be, I need us to be better at being communicators as to what, what actually they were looking for. I didn't get that in the company, which is partly why I left. I think communication is is vital. You know, it needs to come both ways. Both people need to ask questions, but also as leaders, we should be able to give constructive feedback as to how, why people didn't get jobs or promotions or what they need to do in order to to get it in the future or if they show aspirations in trying to get further helping and guiding them i think in in my my scenario i would probably have not been so passive aggressive because i actually don't think passive aggressive is very helpful and doesn't really make you feel better not really it's not for very long but i would have ensured that i spoke to people who around the area to, to sort of go ask them, you know, why do you think this happened? What do I need to do in order for that sort of situation to not happen or for at least for me to be aware of what I'd need to do for those things? At least then I'd kind of understand that because it did blindside me because I didn't even know it was going to happen. I don't think keeping it inside and bottling up is ever healthy. As a manager, I'd rather my people who were reporting to me told me if they had that ambition or they wanted those things because then I'd know better in future situations, but also if people aren't happy, you want to know about it. Um, and I, I think there are ways of doing that. And our relationships with our managers are not always perfect, but I think you're right. Communication ultimately has to be the one that wins that one over. And I, yeah, there's, there's lots of old versions of me that I'd want to clip around the ear. That version of me, I'm not too disappointed in because it's, it's led me to situations where I felt more confident Going forward, I've been better reflecting. I've spent more time working out exactly how I feel and what I want, and I've used that to drive me forward. So I've got a question for you. So we started talking about the sort of person coming in being a bit disruptive, talking about bad being, I've got experience to you. So how have you dealt with those people when you've come across them? My way of dealing with that kind of conversation now is to try and be constructive, not to be confrontational, trying to just ask an honest question back about how are you more experienced or, or what is it you're more experienced in? How can we use your experience and, and, and improve the team if that's the case and, and try and get them thinking about the way they communicate it and taking the negativity or, or not the negativity, taking their superiority complex out of it and bringing it more to a level playing field of, okay, so you've got a skill set that you think you're stronger in than the rest of the team. Now help the team and bridge that knowledge for them if that's the case and, and find that way through it. And I've done that a couple of times recently in the last year or two where someone has been quite vocal about how they're more experienced in a certain area. And I've learned, well, actually, if that's the case, can you train this, these new people? Good pivot for it. <laughs> and help them, bring them on. And if they improve, then it's kudos to you. So, and and massage their ego maybe slightly, but do it in a way that, that actually brings the team together as well, rather than having that, that divide of I'm better than you. I think it's also demonstrable skills. It's all very well saying someone that they are the best, they need to actually demonstrate it. And so I would encourage them and try and give them opportunities to actually display their skills so that once they're seen, then it makes it more obvious and easier to actually then help them uh, in their career path. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. And I would, I would also add that most situations, however negative they may look, are an opportunity to do something better. We can turn a, like a negative spin into a positive, like we've said, we can there's an opportunity to say, right, okay, well, going forward, there's this, that, and the other. But actually, if someone has been promoted, there is a justification, there is a reason, there is an understanding that this has happened. 
Now, if there is an understanding from other people that, that they don't know why, well, that's, that's maybe on me for not having articulated that properly. But actually, I know why that person has been promoted. I can say there is a reason. There was a lot of thought process behind this. They were going to work with these people. It's with this technology. It's X, Y, and Z. This is the reason why this person was the best person for that role. It's not like the decision was made on a whim. And if decisions are made on a whim, that's terrible and a different situation. Yes. But really, like if we've made these decisions, there's a reason for it and we can justify them because we thought them through. If it hasn't been well communicated, then we need to be better. And if people are upset and we didn't don't understand it or we need to do that, we need to, we need to understand from them why they're upset. But also, like we say, it, it is an opportunity to understand for them why this person got it and what they may need to do in order if they want to have something similar to that in the future. There's, there's positive ways you can spin practically anything. I've just used the word spin. Sorry. Sorry. But (laughs) that one's always interesting to me because I think you're right. If you're the decision maker for both sides of it, it's it's easy. Often certainly in large companies and things like that, the decision-making process is abstracted away, which may mean that you actually don't know some of the reasons for some of the decision-making, but it proves the point about communication and transparency throughout the hierarchy. If you're a team leader, a manager, a director, or anything else like that, making sure that information is cascaded and shared, that transparency can avoid certain progression type situations or why you chose someone to lead this project, not the other. You know, stepping in, having conversations with someone who might be actually upset by it, you know, doing skip level meetings, things like that can help as well. But there's definitely, I think it is that transparency, I think ultimately that helps make things better in that situation. And I think experience, as we said, is using it to the advantage, pivoting it to say, as Simon said, you've got skill, brilliant. Let's use those to help everyone. Um, And you'll quickly see whether they actually do have the experience and skills that sometimes they claim that they don't have. I think the one final thing I'd want to say before we close really is let's try and move away from using years of experience as a baton or a flag to wave and say, look, look how experienced I am. And that's a call out to you know, recruiters and stuff as well. Um, And maybe Ben can help support this uh, Saffron QA and say, job specs, let's not be asking for 10 years experience in a certain tool or in a certain trade, a certain role, because actually that doesn't help people. That that, that puts a number on someone that, that then feels inferior because maybe they've only been working in the job for six years. But what's to say that in those six years, they've not got a good or better skill set than someone who's been in that job for 10 years? So let's look more at how we can talk about skills applied rather than number of years experience. It might be a faster learner. Absolutely agree. Yes. Or just a more active learner that just wants to take knowledge in. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thank you guys for the conversation tonight. I think we've, we've covered quite a lot of ground there. I think that's quite a good, uh, a good uh, discussion on experience. Uh, if you, if any of you listeners have questions or comments you want to ask us or, or mention about your experience with the, the topic, then then please reach out. You can catch us on email at contact us at testingpeers.com. We're on most of the socials. If you search for Testing Peers, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, uh, and then if you feel like supporting us, then please connect on our Patreon. We have a few tiers on there and we will at some point get round to adding a few more tiers and adding a few more um, opportunities for you to, to support us on there as well. Other than that, thank you Saffron QA for continuing to support us and we talk to you all again soon. For now, 
It's goodbye from the testing peers. Goodbye. Goodbye.